Welcome back, nerds, to the Game of Nerds podcast, where there's no shame in having an unhealthy obsession with a fandom. I'm your host, Shannon, and on today's episode, we're talking all about anime with our very own Arjunese Campbell. How are you today, darling? I am excited, happy, and moving. <laughs> you're moving. I know you're in the midst of chaos. You're moving. Uh, I appreciate you uh, rescheduling time with me because you are part of the microphone massacre of 2021, as I'm going to dub this. Oh, man. Nothing like uh, your mic breaking, recording four podcasts in one day, and then realizing the mic's been broke the entire time. So there you go. That's, that's, that's me and your life, Shannon. This shit only that, happens yeah. to us. <laughs> yeah. Tech hell. I don't know. Like we were just talking about, I don't know what's in the water, Mercury retrograde. I don't know. Moon's aligning. It's this month has been tech 5G hell. I don't towers. Know. COVID. <laughs> <laughs> what else can we use? What else can we, Voldemort's return? Yeah. Like uh, what, what can we do? I, I know Godzilla and Kong are coming. That may be, that may factor into this. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You've been on the Game of Nerds here for a couple years now, and you've covered a lot of different things like Chilling Adventures of Sabrina and Riverdale. But because of the pandemic, you've jumped back more into covering anime, and that's because you've been rewatching basically everything from your childhood. So I figured you were the best and only person who could really explain anime to me and the rest of the Game of Nerds fans who may be curious about this. Yes, yes. Like you said, I've been on here since 2016. I'm one of your Craigslist babies. And babies. Yes, the babies. And I love the Game of Nerds because I can jump around and play around with my fandoms. And yeah, anime is half of me. It is part of my soul. It is my love and one of my many passions. Well, before we jump into anime, we always start our podcast out with what are you obsessing? What's been taking your money? What have you been obsessing about? <laughs> I've been obsessing about uh, the WandaVision. <laughs> oh my lord. I knew you <laughs> were going to go there. <laughs> I've been obsessing about WandaVision, your favorite <laughs> TV I remember sending you the message after you're like, Shannon, have you seen it? I'm like, no, no, I haven't seen it. But Andy wants to see it. So I watched the. I think by that point, we were up to like episode four or five. And I binged all four or five episodes. And I literally text you, what a waste of fucking time. We have so much to talk about later. <laughs> that was actually the season finale. I asked you, I asked you, I said, did you watch the season finale? Then you said no. Then a couple days later, you came back and you said that. And I was like, yes. Like that season. I was mad. So the first half of it, they easily could have done the first four episodes on that fourth episode, like, and not wasted the first three episodes because the back end was so rushed with the with the whole Agatha development and her Scarlet Witch development. Like, it felt just yeah. The only good part of it was the the four through the last half of it. I told I yeah. told you I, I like Falcon Winter Soldier way better. Were needed. I told you they were they are needed. But <laughs> this was an argument I brought up on uh, We Are the Watchers podcast. You know, like my time is now so limited. I don't want to watch crap. I don't like my time being wasted because if I'm going to sit down and watch something, I want it to be good. Um, and WandaVision, it's the MCU. I'm kind of sold my soul. I need my kid Marvel. Like, hello, I'm all about the Marvel. So WandaVision wasn't something to be missed. But honestly, I got through those four first episodes. I was so pissed. I was just like, are you, are you fucking kidding me? You wasted my time. You literally wasted my time and could have just given me episode four and we would have been done with this. Oh, God. I literally poke with everybody about this, about you feeling that way. You just... You- <laughs> I told her one time, I'm like, my boss, she 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 hates it. And I love to pick with her about it because I'm like, <laughs> she hates... And you were so salty, too. I said, Shannon, I said, why do, you, why do you hate it? It's a perfect setup for the next couple of movies. You were like, well, it was a shitty setup. <laughs> <laughs> it was. No, it was. So, like, it it makes sense, okay? So we know what's kind if of what's going to go on with that. If anything, no, no, no. <laughs> if anything, it just tied up the end of Endgame for us and left us there. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, it just tied it up. Like, okay, there you go. Um, yeah. If I had to choose between Falcon and Winter Soldier and WandaVision. 
Sebastian Stan has my money 100%. Like, we're done. Like, this, it's way more entertaining. Here's the other thing. I think the difference between, and it, I think it's just because it's a difference. WandaVision, for me, didn't feel like MCU until those last two episodes. You know what I'm trying yeah. to say? Like, it didn't have that, like, MCU feel. Whereas Falcon and Winter Soldier, the minute it started, it was, like, almost like I was being picked up and dropped back up into the MCU, and I was back home. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, I, I knew where I was, whereas WandaVision just, it didn't, I don't know, maybe it just didn't sit right with me. Once again, it was just a waste of my freaking time. You could have given me four through eight, and I would have been fucking happy. <laughs> I got a bone to pick with you. Um, my husband bought Umbrella Academy Pops because of you. Um, because we started reading your reviews about Umbrella Academy. We're like, okay, we got to watch Umbrella Academy. We killed two seasons within like two weeks. Like, and that's with a kid. So, you know, we were invested. like, we were diehard into it. We were invested in it. Okay. Okay. That was good use of my time, as I like to say. Good use of my self-care time. Um, but then... The rule has been since Marvel came, um, we're not buying any new pops. No new pops. We're not starting new collections. You have to, like, we have to talk to each other before we buy it. Like, oh, yeah, we need this for our collection or we want this, right? The Umbrella Academy Funkos, in my recollection, just appeared magically one day on the shelf. But according to my husband, we scored the Bloody Ben, which is a rare one. And so therefore, that constituted that we needed them all. But I'm just going to go with, I freaking blame you. I destroyed your whole idea of not collecting new pops, which I am so grateful for. Because I thought that was impossible for you guys to do anyway. <laughs> It, it Well, it gets to the point of how much room do you really have? Like, we have a three-bedroom apartment, you know, like, how much more room, like, space can we take up? And now we're at a point where Marvel, Marvel is almost three feet tall. She is quite tall for her age. And she gets into everything. She assumes everything is hers. I actually read your article, um, one of your articles on your website, the website that you and Andy have together. About your Funko Pop? Yeah, our family yes, blog. Yes, your family blog. And you guys wrote about your Funkos and, you know, you know, trying to be minimalist and stuff. And I had to yeah. do that, too, with me moving and everything. I got to the same point where you were at. Mine isn't out of control yet. But being incomplete this, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to do this thing where, you know, I go through my Rick and Morty collection. I got, like, five different versions of, like, do I really need five different versions of, like, do I really need, like, something? There's like 60 versions of Groot. How many goddamn versions of right. Groot do you really need? But, but, I, could, I could have a whole wall of Groot alone. At some point, we have to stop. I feel the way you feel, though. When you get invested into a show, you definitely have to have the pops. That's where you. That's the answer to your question. That's where my money has been going. It's definitely been going to Funko. I like to have a Funko everything. I have a Funko mug, the pens. I just... They, for some reason, they just made these gigantic pins. I found it at GameStop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got one. Yeah, they're... got one. They're... So if you like the pins, Andy's into fig pins, which is like the... They're not... Funko and fig pins are two separate things. They're not affiliated with each other. But fig pins kind of does the pins a lot better than Funko does, we think, in their opinion. They're more realistic, whereas the Funko pins are Funko pins, you know? Um... So definitely check out them. Funko always takes our money. That's like a, that's like a, we just bought all new pop protectors for all the Disney collections. So Funko's always goddamn taking our money. Exactly. So the thing with the fake pens though, I, I don't like collecting pens. I like putting it on all my shit. So if I have a pen, I have like a backpack, every job that I've ever had, everybody knows when I'm coming to work because I see this huge ass backpack with a whole bunch of pens all over it. So when I get that's my jean jacket. Yes, the jean jacket. So that's what I was. I got that big Iron Man, and then I realized I'm like, this is not gonna look cool on my backpack. So I'm thinking about getting like a vest or something, just putting the Iron Man pin on there. And then I got you yes. can do that or a jacket, like a little bomber jacket. Yes, or something. that's what I was thinking about doing with it because I'm like, it, this sitting in the box is it making me happy? Is that that I can't just let it sit in the box? I'm gonna be really honest here. All that I've ever learned about anime, I've learned through Funko. 
So you're really going to have to explain a lot to me here. Um, I know that anime Funkos are usually the ones that get the most exclusives, are the rarest, are the most expensive, but I have no idea how to explain anime to somebody else. So can you explain to us what exactly anime is? So anime is short for Japanese animation. Their original style was basically characters that were drawn with large eyes and, you know, kawaii. That was the original aesthetic. Um, it really became a big thing in Japan in the 90s. So it was very popular from early films. And I like anime, too, because through the anime, you learn about, it's basically Japanese storytelling. So you learn about their way of life. Okay. You learn about the culture, the food, you know, the music, everything. A lot of I listen to a lot of um, panels and a lot of anime artists, they include like scenery from Japan in there. So you actually get a good glimpse of what it's like over there in their culture. And I just believe personally that that is their contribution to society, a piece of their culture that they choose to share with other people. Now, Jamie wrote, I think a couple of years ago, uh, an article about how, People have kind of been taking Japanese animation, and now there's this new kind of subculture called Western mm -hmm. animation. Or there, can you kind of explain that to me? Is, is that tied to anime, really? Or give me a little bit more um, on that. So the that also ties into the biggest argument in the anime community. The biggest argument is what to oh, okay. what is anime. So basically. When they say anime, like I said, it's Japanese animation. And you said Western animation. So okay. that is kind of anime, but it's not. So we always, we bicker back okay. and forth about what to call anime and what to not call anime. Western style anime is more, it's not exactly anime. It's just Japanese inspired. So it's inspired by their way of drawing, their way of um, designing characters, um, their way of adding action and everything. So Western style anime is more of like, your tsunami okay so yeah like the stuff oh, okay. on tsunami and that's not necessarily it's not anime too because um the more western style animes i've noticed that they still do like include um japanese you know writers or illustrators or something like that most western animes aren't based on mangas like the original japanese animes are are not so that would be more something like hunter hunter jojo's bizarre adventure Cowboy Bebop, um, Fully Cooly. That would be okay. more so Western style anime. Anime is the TV movie mm -hmm. form, correct? And then manga would be the written form, like in com graphic novels and yes, books like I, that. That's how I got into anime. My original stem from anime was uh, Pokemon, and then it was also manga. So the because with the anime, certain animes, you don't really know which ones are for kids and, and adults because, you know, it's so, it's it pulls you in and it's colorful. So you can easily get it confused for something that you can watch, you know, for kids versus our family guy and our, you know, American dad and stuff like that. So I personally got into the bigger ones, you know, like the Fully Cooly and all those when I became a teenager. So around like 13 or 14. And those were anime. Some some things that were going on were necessarily not the ones I was supposed to be looking at, but I was sneaking watch it anyway. But manga was a way to secretly like get a piece of anime that was supposed to be eighteen plus <laughs> at thirteen yeah. fourteen years old. It's so do these mangas, there's no like ratings, like guideline ratings like we would have, you know, for like TV or movies or, you know, even books, they'll have, you know, ratings on the back. This is not for, you know, kids. I've never, you know, as a parent, you'll just be okay. happy that your kid is reading. So you're like, my, my, yeah. kid, <laughs> my kid is happy and reading. I don't care what they're right. reading. <laughs> I've never paid attention to see if there was it. I just know if I go to the library, if I go to the bookstore and I pick out a book, you know, mom's happy. I'm happy because she doesn't know that I'm reading an anime that I'm not supposed to be watching. And it, it's not necessarily like it has anything like um, this, like nudity or anything. They do have those, but it's more so because they're just so graphic. Anime is so graphic. Yeah. And what makes me laugh is when you see Japan or when you, you know, read about it, you see so much like peace and just beauty and when you watch anime, you just see all this gruesome and <laughs> gore. 
stuff. So it's like, these people are so friendly and nice. And then you just read it and it's like, well, this is like their whole half side. So that's what I love about anime too. And the mangas, yeah, the mangas, you can go into a bookstore and they, um, you can go into a library and get you some manga. And I'll have to check next time to see if there's a rating on it because I don't want my kid doing a flippity flip on me. So, <laughs> you wiser right. now. You're like, I know the trick. I know, I know the this. game. Uh, so, so, you know, we did an episode recently about children's television and everything. A lot of parents are trying to find, you know, different TV shows for their kids to watch. Obviously, Japanese animation is not something, you know, anime is not something that they would traditionally see. If, you know, if you're in America, that's not something you would flip on a channel and see on the TV. Um, if parents would, if parents want to give their kid an, an anime option to try, is there some safe kid options that they um, can go with? I do remember when me and you were talking about Pokemon, how we both grew up liking Pokemon. Ooh, yeah. I think when you're trying to get your kid to watch it, I mean, because, you know, some parents, when they're like anime, of course, they, when they have a kid, they're going to try to get them into it. And so they can grow up and eventually get to the good stuff. So I think Pokemon is a good introduction to it. Um, but they also have something for smaller kids. Because, you know, people don't really understand Pokemon until, they, you know, the kids are like, eight or nine years old but they actually have this one on netflix and it's they classified it as an anime and it's like this little giant teddy bear i can't i can't get can't think of the name it starts with an r it's ricotta ricotta or something like that i have to find out what it is but it is it's a please do anime and it's for kids and it's like it's one of those stop and uh, stop and move anime. Yeah, stop. it's one move of those, in. and they put it together, and it is so cute. So they have those for little ones, and Japan actually has a lot more animes for little bitty kids. I guess it's hard to find them now because they're not really televised over here as much. But they have a lot, yeah. and they're so cute. So they do have alternatives for kids. I I have to find that one. That one is something that you could start probably start Marvel on. And then she can make her make her way yeah. up to Pokemon eventually. Then the other animes I remember liking as kids was uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! And um, then they have Baku, you know, the Bakugan, the Beyblades and stuff like that. And um, they, what was the other ones I like? I, I just was really into Pokemon when I was a kid. And, and Sailor Moon. Sailor Moon was my Sailor Moon, Sailor was my Moon yeah. Yeah, see... I didn't get into Sailor Moon. I got into Pokemon. Now, my middle brother, he was really into Pokemon. Um, there's 18 months between me and him, and then there's five years between me and my youngest brother. My middle brother got into Pokemon. He's super smart. Um, he also has a photographic memory. So uh, he was the kind of kid who would memorize everybody else's deck, then go home and build a deck to beat them the next day at school. And then the kids would be like, why? How did he do it? Because my brother has a photographic memory. He knows how the numbers and who had what. Um, he ended up using that at the Toys R Us when Toys R Us was doing the Pokemon games on the weekends for kids to meet up and like it was a kids club. Yeah, he got banned from that. Um, because he's lucky. He, he basically banned. was doing it. Yeah. So Pokemon really was. <laughs> he's. Oh, it's really cool because now, you know, we're 30 years old now and he has them all in like binders and everything and he's showing Marvel and he's got like his, what he calls his, his bad deck that Marvel can play with and play with the little, you know, the cards. She just wants to eat the cards, honestly. But when you first said, oh yeah, Pokemon's anime, I went, what? I was watching anime this whole time because that was like in our house, the only rule was we had to all agree on the TV show. Otherwise we couldn't watch TV. And so if I, if, we got to watch Pokemon, or if we got to watch Power Rangers and my show, then we all got to watch Richard's show, which was Pokemon. So everybody won. That's actually a good rule. So I watched a lot of Pokemon. I got into it. Um, I could play the card game a little. It came back when Pokemon did a resurgence. I was the coolest freaking nanny on the faces earth because I was like the only one who understood Pokemon. And all the parents were like, <laughs> how, how? I go, I speak their language. It just, it's like superheroes, except right. for now it's Pokemon. We've moved right. on. We already knew you were super nanny. Now you're just super nanny with the Pokemon knowledge. I, I felt that on a spiritual level. Just now we can just add anime to your uh, resume. 
I, but once again, I didn't, I didn't classify that as anime. I just thought of that as a regular cartoon, no different than, you know, like a Doug, Rocco's Modern Life, those kind of series. It was just, yeah, it was a different style of animation, um, which now makes me really think about animation. Like now my brain's really spinning on this whole, like, all right, anime, animation, are they really like similar? Or is, is anime really just a subgenre of animation <laughs> and animations is... Now you see yes, what rabbit hole I've yes. gone down. And, and then the evolution just keeps changing. The way people draw anime continues to change. I'm like, I know a lot of people give Netflix crap for their ad, ad, adaptation to anime, but I think they're doing okay. Yeah. You know, it's a, their drawing is a little different. And I think some of their shows are pretty good. I like their shows. They've, they've always had good stuff. Um, I think, you know, just because of the pandemic, we hit into a, hey, Netflix isn't giving us all we need because they weren't pumping them out as much. Oh, and plus with nine other right. platforms, what else are you going to do? Um, but I but I definitely, you know, from a media perspective, I see Netflix is like the kingpin of anime content. Um, besides, I somebody else has, a, is it Crunchyroll? Yeah, Crunchyroll, there's too? Crunchyroll, there's Funimation, and then there, okay. there, I think that's Crunchyroll, and Hulu even has anime too. I thought so. But it's not no, it's as not big as, as big. it's not as Ooh, big as animation Netflix. section ne- is more so just like the classics, like the ones everyone used to watch when anime was popular. There is a few hidden gems there, but uh, Crunchyroll and Funimation is the biggest one. Um, my favorite would have to be Crunchyroll, but I have to set it use that time for my self care time because Crunchyroll animes are mainly in sub and you know, in sub, you can oh. you have to sit there and you have to like read it. Versus the, uh, you have to pay, pay attention. attention yeah. I can't multitask watching sub anime. Dub anime, you can iron your clothes, yeah. you can brush your teeth, you know, you can do all that stuff. But yeah, so Crunchyroll will be the place if you yeah. like sub anime. Funimation, they have both sub and dub. Now, do both of those apps, do they, is it a free subscription or do you have to like pay you for have a to pay, to but use of course, you, if you're new, you get the free 30 day trial or whatever. And, you know, you can change your identity and do it all over again if you want. <laughs> But it's good to know because a lot of us do already have Netflix and Hulu as a basic, you know, per, streaming providers to know that they do have a good content when it, it within themselves to kind of dive in there. And if you want more or you need more or you're looking for an anime outlet that those outlets are available and those apps are are, are there. I mean, basically, that's what they were made for. So if you do want to watch the Studio Ghibli movie. Um, oh, that is one thing you can add for kids. I think the Studio Ghibli movies are perfect for children as well. They are on HBO Max right now. All right. Now we got to talk about pop- popular anime characters. Uh, what are some of your favorite ones? Uh, for me, I know like I know Dragon Ball Z, Vegeta, Goku, because once again, Funko has grained them into my brain that those are the most expensive ones. Those are the ones the collectors are always looking for. Um, but besides Pokemon and Sailor Moon, that's the extent of my oh, yeah. anime so, character knowledge. Um, I'm not on the Dragon Ball Z bandwagon. I'm not going to say that. that's a Mark Francis. Him, I'm going to tell I Mark you said that. my dislike for Dragon Ball Z all the time. So I purposely slotted his DMs just to tell him stuff and pick his and pick in his head. And I hop on his <laughs> live stream to throw shade. So he knows. Goku and Vegeta are definitely popular. Um, my favorite, Naruto Uzumaki. He's a popular one. And we have our Kakashi and Sasuke. We got Monkey D. Luffy from One Piece. And um, right now, uh, Tenjiro from Demon Slayer. And, of course, everybody is in okay. love with Deku from My Hero Academia. That is a big one. My my little cousin is obsessed with I my have, hero academia. I, I'm That's not like with that GM. fandom either. <laughs> I, I'm like, <laughs> I'm not with that one either. That was, I tried. I just couldn't. What did you like about that one? Okay, so with me, with my animes, I am very soft and fluffy on the outside, but I really like some gruesome anime. Like, I love anime. I am dark and twisty. You're dark and so twisty. My like dark me. and twisty self is in love with Attack on Titan. 
Yeah. All right. It was too I'm fluffy so- for you. You needed something harder. All right. I can take that as an answer. I needed a stronger shot. Was I needed all you a stronger shot. Say. Yes. That was, the, that, was the, that was the way to say it. But yes, the pack on Titan. And you mentioned that the pops, the the, um, the Vegeta and the Gokus, those were going good. I have a attack on Titan collection of pops in mine all together right now. It's almost worth $500. It's because four wrapped up. And I have a big beast yeah. titan that everybody I originally put up for sale for sixty, and everybody was sliding in. They were like, "I want it for a hundred and two hundred. I was like, "Why are these people trying to give me money?" Then I looked on the Funko. You gotta get the Funko. Yeah, you gotta go on the Funko app. That's what I told you. I was like, "Why are you not? You gotta." So when I bought so it, it wasn't that much, five. and I paid. I scanned it. Every pop that I get, I scan it. I scanned it. It wasn't worth that much. Then I guess when season four rolled out, then that boy shot up to eighty dollars, and I was like. Ew. What was your first, first anime pop that you got? It was actually one that I didn't even want for real, but it was anime, so I just picked it up. It was Lord Boros from One Punch Man. That was the first one, and I don't even have any other One Punch Man. To this day, that is the only pop that I have that is One Punch Man. It's just sitting there and haven't thought about selling it. It's just there. That was the first one, and I was going to try to do the NART. Actually, no, I lied. That wasn't the first one. My first one was Sailor Jupiter because uh, I got that one. My first pop had to be when you when you guys uh, sent me to the convention, when you sent me to Motor City Comic Con, and I started going through all the dens, and that's where I got my first uh, yep. Sailor Moon from, and I got two other pretty guardians, but they're not Funko. They're like other vinyl figures. So then I had to get all the Sailor Moons, and then it was four yep, photos, yep. and now... Um, it's Attack on Titan. I've created a monster. I you know, I blame Andy. I blame Andy every time someone blames me about their Funko problem. I'm like, do you know who I blame for my Funko problem? I blame Andy. Yeah. So let's just direct, Shame the, on Andy. direct the traffic that way. Shame on him. I'm, I'm convinced that we shame need to go to the I'll get my little belt, and we will just walk around and shame him. You can't when he's wearing a Funko cosplay. That's the problem. He's like, he's like the human milkshake. Ooh. Everybody wants to come to his yard. What got you into anime? I got into anime through Pokemon, of course, and then Sailor Moon, and then after that, I just wanted more. I just became a crackhead for anime. So after that, then I just started exploring more. Like I said, the manga, and then I led into the Western animes. Um, me sneaking and watching Toonami, <laughs> and then uh, being a bad girl. Then once Crunchyroll launched and that company started making their streaming platform and everything. I just had to just venture out and find animes. Now, I'm not a one anime girl. I'm out here dating animes, different ones. So, like I said, I'm twisted. You're tindering. You're swiping. You're like, watch one episode, swipe kind of Tinder style. Yes. I do like, like you said, I'm twisted. So, I like my twisted animes. And then I like a little bit of romance from time to time. It depends on my mood. My mood, my anime depends on my mood. So my baby knows, you know, if you walk in a room and you see me watching something and somebody's getting bitten or tear to shred, don't mess with me. <laughs> like, leave me alone. This is my time. This is how I relate all my stress and anger. And, you know, occasionally I like something light. Um, my light animes are Naruto, Fairy Tale. So, so occasionally I like my light and fluffy. I tried to get into One Piece a little bit. It's a lot of people just crap on it, but it's not that bad. Um, and then there's some, sometimes there's some hidden gems. Like I said, Hulu had a hidden gem, had a couple hidden gems. There's some animes that's like super awkward and just weird to watch. And Netflix, their animes are so it's a hit like I said, it's a hit or miss with Netflix, but some of it their animes, oh Jesus, you can turn on think you're gonna watch some something like you know, you never know what you're gonna get from Netflix. Like Netflix has this anime called Devil Man. So Private. the trailers <laughs> Yeah, so the trailers are not what they seem. Yes, they're not what they seem. What they well sometimes I don't even watch the trailers. Like I'm the type of person I'll just read the little thing. And oh, shut up. That's how we decided how what we're going to watch next is how good the trailer is. You want to know what one last night? A pirate documentary. Oh, no. No. Yeah. I don't Actually, watch it was really good. Trailers. I just read the little description. And if it's no, you got to watch the trailers. 
that, that's how we decide things in our house. The parola way of doing things. You watch the trailer and you go, nah. And if it's like a maybe, it goes on the watch list because then when we really can't decide what we want to watch, we just go to the watch list and go, oh, yeah, well, we haven't started this. Well, Let's think about this. Yeah, the trailer so. isn't that good and then the show or the movie turns out to be really good? That's happened a couple of times. That like Umbrella Academy, that was one of the things we watched the trailer we weren't into, but then it took us like three or four of your reviews and we're like, well, we should give it a chance. And we did. So half the that's how a lot of my shows with TGON go is, hey, I'm going to start, you know, because once again, my time is limited. I don't want to start a bunch of crap that I'm not going to finish. And the way my brain works is once I start something, like my brain is like into the storyline, like I'm going to keep going. So I I can't do that to myself. So usually I'll read somebody's review and then go, okay, I'll watch it on Netflix. And case in point, Umbrella Academy. Umbrella Academy. I blame you. Nice. I would gladly take that blame. What do you think makes anime so popular? Um, I think it's, popular because it's just really unique like i said it's storytelling so half of the things we see in anime isn't something we would see in a sitcom it's not something we would see in the typical stuff we get to see on tv on a daily basis and like i said i've in my article one of my articles that i talked about you know how cross culture is in anime has affected america one of the panelists said that you know anime is a it's just anti-Disney. It's an alternative for Disney. It feels the hold that Disney does not. And I really stand by that and resonate with that because I'm a total Diz nerd. And I like ha- I have a healthy consumption of both Disney and anime. The Disney anime, their, their styles are completely different. So you get your light and fluffy and you get your gruesome. I won't put, I won't say like anime is aggressive or anything like that. It's just very cultivating. It draws you in. And a lot of people that haven't, you know, they say they don't like anime or they don't get into it. They probably haven't even seen an anime. Like, like first glance, everybody just thinks it's a cartoon. This is not something you see on Cartoon Network. This isn't something you see on Nickelodeon or Disney Channel. It's completely different. And then once they finally do get into anime, which is why it's so popular now, and I think it's really gotten popular during the pandemic because, you know, everyone was just sitting in a house and, you know, Netflix and chilling. And they're probably just, a lot of people were just open-minded to try new things, anything to get their mind off of what was going on outside. So a lot of people were just, you know, just trying different things. And I think they just opened their mind up to anime and just started thinking like, this isn't that bad. It's not what I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be kiddie. I thought it was going to be childish. Like, no, they have anime for kids, adults, everyone. Well, too, you know, with the pandemic, we've been stuck at home, like literally consuming anything and everything that's been coming in. And before the pandemic, we were very used to gathering in groups to watch our favorite shows or do something like that. And when you choose a show within a group, you're very less likely to be very adventurous. You kind of want to stay within what the group is. Um, So I can see that with anime, you know, you're a pandemic, you're in the middle of a pandemic at home, you have literally exhausted the Netflix list. And you're like, all right, let's play an anime because nobody else is going to know that I watched, you know, I watched this, right? You know, and oh my God, I like it. Or, you know, oh, I, I didn't like this. Or, oh, maybe this interests me. You can just, once again, jump down the rabbit hole. Right. And and the, like you said, once you go through everything, anime is like endless. Like if you start an anime, there's so many seasons. They don't stop at like season 10. Like when I got into fairy tale. I'm thinking, like, you know, it's going to be a breeze. Like, no, Fairy Tale has a lot of seasons. And there's, you got endless opportunities to binge. Though animes are so easy to binge. And so, like, with the series, you're never going to be feeling like, oh, I have to wait six or seven months. Like, no, by the time you get done finishing that series, the new season will probably already be out. So, yeah. But I've also heard with anime, sometimes it takes it a long, long time in between seasons. It's almost like a Sherlock effect. Um, You know, with the Sherlock series, it could be years. It could take a while for new content to come out. Some people say this is because of the way that the content is made. Other people say it's based on the person who's creating it. Um, Do you have a say on this? There are so many different things that can contribute to that. And for me, like when I really enjoy anime and I haven't seen nothing or heard nothing from it in a while, 
Uh, like Hulu, Hulu has a record of breaking my heart. They had some really good animes, but they only have two seasons. So I would look up and find, you know, they had this uh, anime called Gangsta, and I really liked it. It was really good. And they only had one season. I'm like, hello. So I looked up and like, what happened to, you know, when is Gangsta season two going to come out? Something about the right, the creator or something. And it, more of the story, there was no season one. And with the pandemic too, the production actually stopped, animated production. So the the shows and the movies that we have now are like gonna be our babies up until, you know, I think there's gonna be a a hiatus. And then I think that, but when we do get it, I feel like it's gonna be awesome because like I said, in my article too, with Netflix um, having animated, have their own original anime series you know they're breaking in the money they're making merchandise for their original animes eventually the other streaming platforms are going to catch up and they're going to be like we have to make our own original Hulu's going to want to make their own original amazon is going to want to do it which means they're going to hire more animators so eventually production will pick back up because so many other streaming platforms is going to want their piece of the cake when it comes to that and that's what's making the money right now is anime so yeah Well, and we were just, you know, I was just talking to a voiceover actor and he says, you know, luckily because of the pandemic, business is still booming as usual for him. You know, um, you see one of the few pieces of real media and TV that's still going is the animated shows. Why? Because you can easily do that at home. Yes. You know, you don't have to be in an office. You know, it's not like you're physically shooting the Avengers, you're, you're drawing characters, and so everybody's doing their part at home. One person's being sent all these pieces to put all together. The voice actors, um, as we've seen in some of these series, have had to make you know s- sound closets in their kids' bedrooms so that they can record lines or whatnot. Um, and you know, for voice, you know, for voice actors, you know, the people who've been doing this for years, he goes, same day, same thing. I, you know, like nothing's really changed because uh, they can keep going. I had no idea that animation could be done at home, like with the voiceovers and everything, until I was, uh, until I picked to do the Bob's Burger panel at SDCC 2020. Mm -hmm. And then they were talking about how they were, you know, putting pillows up and they were doing it. I had no idea that you could still do voice work and, you know, have it all come together and still make a TV show or movie and it'd be that easily. But like you said, things are different over there in Japan and, I've seen in articles and heard in panels that, you know, over there in Japan, when it comes to animation work, they don't get as paid as much as animators and stuff do over here. So it can be a struggle for them, especially with the production and stuff being held up. I can only imagine what type of struggle they had to go through. Yeah. I'm excited for all the new stuff that's coming out. I really am because I really do believe that people have not wasted this time. They have really been working on their passion projects, whether it's been an indie project or working on the work that they're continuing to do. Um, either way, we will get good content sooner or later. Yes, uh, I'm like I said, I'm excited for it, especially with um, they're probably there's going to be an increase in probably hiring with anime. There's going to be more animes in the next couple of years than there have been, and I'm just hoping that. Um, like I mentioned in my article about the diversity anime, I hope that people that truly have a passion for this, you know, if they are really anti-Disney or whatever, hopefully they follow that structure and that standard, you know, how Disney makes a, a movie for a Asian princess or a Middle Eastern princess or, or Indian or whoever. I hope that that um, they make sure to not inclu- exclude anybody from the original community, which is Japan, if we have Japan American people here, you bring them on board to help you with anime. If that's what they know how to do, don't just take it and just do your own spin and twist on it. You can, but you know they don't. Like I said, they don't get paid as much as they do over here, over here, over there. So I just want them to just be very inclusive. I'm pretty sure there's going to be a huge diversity movement within the next couple of years because there's so many people that know how are really good at animating and they're going to want to hire yeah. more people that if they can make a good show and you know make good manga or whatever it's it's going to definitely change the game 
Well, we always talk about it on the Game of Nerds. It doesn't matter who, you know, it doesn't matter who you are, what you look like, your background, any, any of that doesn't matter. How do you write? Right. How do you do your job? Are you good at what you do? Are you know what I'm trying to say? Your work should speak for yourself. Um, it, it doesn't matter where you came from or anything like that. If you're good at what you do, you're good at what you do. End exactly. of story. Um, and you're right. There are a lot of amazing animators, creators, especially in the art community. I feel like a lot of that that talent is stifled, especially young. You know, oh, artists don't make money. You won't be able to do anything. But the reality is, is that we need those artists to create the games, the gaming designs. We need these artists to create for, you know, animation, uh, for media, for commercial. We need them. We need these artists. Um, so, uh, yeah, I can't do it. So, it's it's like voice acting and a lot of other things. It's more of admiration. Like, holy crap, you can draw something that isn't a stick figure. That's all I can draw. So you've already you've already beat me. So. I express that appreciation uh, all the time. And that's why I say with um I, I feel like animators don't get enough credit. We give all we we give credit don't. to people that we can see. We give our credit to Scarlett Johansson, yeah. Angelina Jolie. We give the credit to celebrities. We don't really give much credit to the people behind the scenes that are creating these ideas that's, that's thinking these visions and I always go out my way if I like an anime or if I like certain things to make sure that I verbally support the people that actually took the time to do it because animation takes a long long time it's not it easy you, it's not just like you can just put on some makeup and go on set and do your thing and rehearse the lines not saying that acting is easy either but I feel like they don't get their flowers either. So that's why I tell people, like, if you like an anime, you know, make sure you shout it out, you know, make it known, express your passion. I express all the animes that I love, and I appreciate the writers, anybody behind the scenes that do this job. It is hard. Oh, amen, girl. I preach it to the roof. People don't, uh, especially the people behind the scenes, they don't get enough credit for what they do. Um, none of this stuff is easy. It takes a village to literally do anything, whether it's running a business like the Game of Nerds, a website, running a podcast, starting, you know, doing a TV show, starting an animation thing. Um, it all takes time, energy, and talent at the end of the day. Um, and those should be praised. And it takes a lot of uh, behind the scenes magic as we like to say to make you the listener be able to have listen to things like this so nicely from your phone while you're running or doing whatever you're doing right now uh so if i wanted to jump into anime what are some places that would be an easy place to kind of jump from like you know beginner anime so we would take Crunchyroll off the list. <laughs> we would yeah. scratch that off of the list. I think Funimation would be a good place because they um, Crunchyroll does the same thing too, but they organize their animes. If you want to start, if you are a sci-fi person, you can start with sci-fi, you know, comedy. Um, I think you should just, if you're starting on anime, I think you should just date around, but I think you should date specifically with the animes that have one or two seasons or up to four seasons because you won't feel so overwhelmed if you start one and then you're like, okay, this is, well, what does this mean? Or what is, you know, you won't feel so overwhelmed. I feel like you should start with the ones that are only up to four seasons at most. Probably start with ones that are maybe like one or two so you can get to, to feel what kind of anime you like. Um, just because you like romantic comedies, that doesn't necessarily mean you like romantic animes. You might like romantic comedies and like, uh, sci-fi anime or action anime so i would date around in funimation and also hulu you can start on the classics Hulu has all the classics and they have all the movies um so like um i haven't even watched afro samurai before but who had afro samurai you find all types of crazy stuff in there you watch the toonami classics um that's where i started in was toonami and um, they have other little animes in there about vampires and love and everything like that. They have like one or two seasons, so I would start there. And then if you find what kind of what kind of genre you fit in, then that's where you can go for the bigger ones. Then that's where you can decide if you are my hero academia type of person. That's when you can decide if you're a fairy tale or one piece kind of person or an attack on Titan kind of person like me. So I would do that first. Now you talk about how some of these have multiple, multiple, multiple seasons. Now, 
usually when we think seasons, we think anywhere from 18 to 24 episodes per thing, or, you know, some seasons even have eight, you know, if you're in these little TV shows, how many episodes is usually a, an a anime series? Well, Netflix said they're not doing that shit. And they stopped at 10. Screw that. But Japan animation, they yeah. do those episodes can probably go all the way up to 30, I believe. Because when I was looking, when oh, I was okay. looking at Fairy Tale on Hulu and I was binging it, I was like, how many fucking episodes is in this one season? Well, that's different. That's different than Doctor Who. Doctor Who does it by right. series. So it's like, it, but you know, so like that's why I'm always interested in seeing, okay, what's your they definition of season series? The, what the, the hell? seasons can go on for years. You know how many Naruto, you know, it took them so long for them to even make a spinoff to make Boruto. Then they had all yeah. these movies. So that's why I said start off with the ones that are small because, um, had a little cousin, he just got into Naruto. He's like, What movie do I watch after that? It's been a long time. Do you know how long that show is? I don't know what movie that you're supposed yeah. to watch after that. There's so many. So if you if you're gonna go with movies, Studio Ghibli is the way yeah. to go because those are usually standalone standalone ones that you can get away with. Are there any other movie ones that you kind of recommend if you want to just like popping in for an hour and a half of anime no not not, i love i love your response no that is all you're gonna get is studio ghibli now shut up i I think it's or um or you know some on netflix netflix has some standalone movies that have nothing to do with the series but their movies can get a little you know it's just because they don't have a series i get confused sometimes like i just recently watched this movie on netflix it's an anime movie and it's called mirai or miro something like that in this movie this little kid was bad as fuck the whole movie i didn't understand it too i didn't study it till basically the end like he was just he had a baby sister and he was just a jealous sibling it was bad as hell he was touching on his dad and you know, it's calling his mom, I hate you, and that she was a witch and everything. And I was like, he was bad this whole movie. And towards the end, he started finally being good. So Netflix, you can find some good standalone movies in there. But that is Studio Ghibli. Other than that, I'm not pretty much invested in the other one before that was that Demon Slayer movie that everybody is raving about right now. But you have to watch the series to get the movie. So, yep, Studio Ghibli is your- <laughs> Yep. All right. So that was a good answer. If you want movies that are anime, then you need to go to Studio Ghibli. There you go. Straight from Arjunis yeah. Campbell's mouth. Yeah, you can watch it with kids. <laughs> there, there you go. That's another good thing. You don't have to be worried about the switcheroo that you were playing on your own parents. Uh, now, if there, uh, obviously, we're still in the middle of a pandemic. Conventions are slowly coming back, but I know anime conventions are a big thing. Um, we have one of our most famous ones, Fanime Con here in San Jose. I, it's it's one of the largest ones. My brother's like, if you don't, if you cover anime, you're not cool if you're not going to Fanime Con. Uh, I was actually going to go last year. That was going to be my first year there. Um, they were going to show me the ropes, and then COVID. So thanks COVID for ruining my anime happy day. Um, is there? I know we've talked about this before. There's tons and tons of anime conventions, and I really didn't realize this. Are there some really big ones or main ones that a lot of people turn to? Crunchyroll Expo is one of the big main ones. Of course, COVID messed that up as well. So it's virtual this year. Um, not this year, it was last year. 2020, yeah. it was virtual. Funimation has their own convention. And like I said, there's in um, the larger cities, like the one you're in. The one I'm in, there's always like little small little gatherings that you can go to to have fun. And, you know, occasionally there's these random groups that I end up in and we ended up doing stuff like this isn't a convention, but we have this thing called the Cosplay Beach Party and it's all anime lovers. And we go to this beach and we cosplay in swimsuits of anime characters. And of That's course, so awesome. It's fun, but Vegeta and Goku won last year, and I feel like I was robbed because I was Sailor uh, Mercury, and my swimsuit was badass, so... It's because everybody loves it. <laughs> it's all because it's all about Vegeta and Goku. Remember, their Funko, Pops, their Funko Pops are the most, so therefore they shall win. 
they always win and now my hero academia is basically like in that same everywhere i go if i go like i get all of my anime stuff from hot topic every time i go to hot topic some big ass tables are full of my hero academia stuff i want to get my demon slayer my attack on titan on it's all the way in that little corner like no or it's online only which is my favorite how am i supposed to know if i'm gonna like it come on i don't want to have to order nine million shares just give me what i want and impatiently wait at the window for your package to arrive. <laughs> oh, I hate it when they I hate it when they're like, oh yeah, it's gonna be here today, and then somehow it gets rerouted to India or something like that. I'm like, no, I'll wait oh, for it a few yes. more days, I guess. All right, fine. God yes, damn. The like, frustration is we're, real. we're currently waiting on Marvel's new shoes to somehow get out of Illinois' hell. It's been sitting for a couple of days. We're like, can you just send us the shoes? We just really appreciate if someone can find us the shoes and send them to us right now. I so, actually talked to people about that all the time. I was like, the struggle is real. <laughs> the struggle. Poor USPS. I love them. God save yeah. the post office. <laughs> We need you, USPS, so uh, I'll back you any day. Uh, Arjunis, I love talking to you. You are literally one of my favorite staffers to talk to because we, one, we understand each other on such a great level. Um, Two, my conversation with you is just, I love it. Uh, you get my brain thinking, you know when to poke the mama bear and when to stop poking the mama bear. Most people don't know when to stop poking mama bear. You are fully aware when to stop poking the bear. Um, and that's why I love you. Um, I don't have to tell you, all right, we're done. Um, but obviously you're going to now have to come back. But where can our fans, you know, obviously you're on the Game of Nerds. that You can you can find her there. But where else can our fans stalk you, follow you? You got your own website too. Share away. Okay, my website for books is argeniscampbell.com. My Instagram handle is at argeniz.c. And my Twitter is at Arjunis C. And I think that's everything. <laughs> no, that's, hey, it's hard to remember everything because I half the time I can't. Once again, thank you so much for coming and joining me on this episode. I hope all of our listeners have learned something about anime. If you would like to catch Argonese anime content along with the latest nerd news, reviews, and recommendations from video games, books, movies, television, cosplay, and more, you can go to thegameofnerds.com. We can also be found on all major social media like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, and YouTube as The Game of Nerds. You can subscribe to The Game of Nerds podcast on Google, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts so you don't miss out on any new episodes. And remember, when you play for The Game of Nerds, you either level up or respawn.